From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. There we go. Push the red button. <laughs> hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. It's about minus 31. Maybe it froze. Maybe that's the problem. The button froze. We are broadcasting to you live from the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto and blasting your way out of the Great White North and uh, now available in the United States in about 32 markets and growing. And we just added two more affiliates this week, KFEQ AM, St. Joseph, Missouri, KFEQ AM, St. Joseph, Missouri, and WFEB AM in Birmingham, Alabama, WFEB AM, Birmingham, Alabama, Thanks to both of those stations for uh, adding The Conspiracy Show to their schedule. We're very honored to be aboard. Once again, we're doing an HOA, a Hangout on Air, uh, for all of you techno-peasants like myself. <laughs> I just recently learned about HOAs, <clears throat> thanks to, uh, in large part to our capable young intern, Albert, who's in studios monitoring. And if you want to watch the live stream of The Conspiracy Show... It's fast and it's easy. Just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, at Richard Serrett, and click on the tweet. It's at or near the top. It says, HOA live stream Feb 15th. And now, you're inside the studio, here with me, and you'll also be able to see my guest and, of course, hear the program. Uh, and while you're on my Twitter feed, say hi and be sure to follow. That's at Richard Serrett, and, of course, you can email me at the Conspiracy Show one at gmail.com. Speaking of Twitter, we've set up a hashtag for the program tonight. If you want to tweet, it's hashtag TCS. Hashtag. Now, do they, is that case sensitive, Albert? Do they all have to be caps? Uh, not, not case sensitive. It's not case, uh, case sensitive. All right. So, hashtag TCS. Of course, that stands for The Conspiracy Show. And I want to give this story a quick mention before we begin, because this, speaking of tweets, again, this has gone absolutely viral. Outgoing aide to President Barack Obama, John Podesta, uh, recently tweeted, Finally, my biggest failure of 2014, once again not securing the disclosure of the UFO files. Hashtag disclosure of the UFO files. And uh, the story was picked up by the Washington Post, no less. And Podesta, of course, served in uh, Bill Clinton's White House as an aide. Uh, and then became part of uh, President Barack Obama-elect's transition team, and then became uh, an aide to Obama. And uh, if you're not familiar with John Podesta, huge X-Files fan and uh, extraterrestrial uh, fan, and has talked um, about you know wanting very much uh, to disclose UFO files, he says not only is it important, it's the law. Uh, and yet here he is tweeting uh, as he prepares to leave the Obama White House to join Hillary Clinton's campaign, although that hasn't officially launched yet, and she's expected to be the shoe-in. Uh, so imagine now, let's face it, here's what's going to happen, right? It's going to be Clinton versus Bush yet again, this pre-approved slate of candidates. Uh, and if she joins Clinton's campaign and she wins and uh, Podesta becomes a part of her transition team and then becomes an aide, which is usually what happens, do you think Podesta will actually set himself up to fail again and not successfully disclose the UFO files? This is a huge story, and I can tell you it has caused a tremendous buzz inside the UFO disclosure community. They're looking at this one simple tweet from John Podesta as a major victory, a major step forward in the, uh, the disclosure movement. Uh, just a reminder, next week on the program, my good pal, Dr. John Hall, will join us. Uh, to talk us to talk about uh, his new book uh, and uh, electronic harassment and mind control. The new book is entitled Guinea Pigs: Technologies of Control, and uh, a, a great deal of uh, Dr. Hall's uh, practice. He's down in San Antonio. Uh, is involved with. I mean, he's primarily a pain management uh, specialist, uh, but a great deal of his his uh, his um, cases now deal with uh, alleged victims of electronic harassment. Uh, and John will be flying up from Texas for my live conference, Follow the Truth 2, happening in the evening of Sunday, April the 26th at the Region Theatre. And uh, again, followthetruth.tv for all the details, all the speakers, their bios, the agenda. Uh, and for tickets, again, the box office at the Region Theatre, 905-721-3399. 905-721-3399.
721-3399. And again, that's the Regent Theater Sunday, April the 26th. Follow the Truth 2 website for details, followthetruth.tv. Uh, I'll tell you what, I am uh, really looking forward to the next 40 plus minutes. Uh, as my old uh, media scientist friend Nelson Thal likes to say, it's after midnight and the owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play. Uh, we are going to talk here with an independent producer on how the occult affects us all. We, we spend a lot of time talking about uh, the occult on this program. Uh, and my guest has made hundreds of hours of documentaries on, for example, the Illuminati's use of the dark arts in politics, movies, and music. And uh, you're going to learn what you need to know uh, to keep your family safe from mind control, learn the true meaning of symbols around you, uh, witness high-profile rituals being performed on network television, you know, during the Grammys, for example, and during the, the halftime show at the Super Bowl. We'll get into that. Has Satan removed his disguise? This is where the esoteric meets the political. Freeman Fly is an internationally known award-winning TV producer, filmmaker, radio talk show host, and lecturer. Freeman is considered an expert in the fields of the occult, trauma-based mind control, speaking of Dr. John Hall and others, illuminate Illuminati symbolism, and ancient civilizations. He graduated with an Associates of Arts with honors in interdisciplinary studies and attended Kansas University specializing in ancient and environmental architecture. He's lectured extensively on the secret signs and symbolism of Freemasonry, the ancient astronaut hypothesis, trauma-based mind control, social engineering, government conspiracy, human cloning, technology of the future, and synchronicity. Freeman Fly, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Wow, <laughs> fantastic. Great to have you with us, and uh, and thanks for joining us on our Hangout on Air. Um, gotta, let, let's, let's just jump, jump right in, and, and I want to ask you about uh, the, uh, the the Super Bowl, the halftime show. Uh, was this an example, and we're speaking of Katy Perry, for example, or, or uh, for instance, you know, riding in on this giant uh, tiger. Were we witnessing a, a high-profile ritual during the halftime show at the Super Bowl? What I can say is that we predicted what you would actually see. And I don't know of anyone else that had done this, and the odds of it were amazing. And you can actually watch us live as we were broadcasting through a, a Hangout on Air during the Super Bowl and see our reaction and the exact uh, depiction that we are already prepared for because we knew um, – now, when you say you knew, you knew what was going to happen, go into that a little bit. Do you mean you, you predicted the actual uh, content of the show that she was going to ride in on this large sort of robotic-looking tiger? Or what did you predict that, exactly? That is correct. Uh, we, we are expected to, to be able to predict these sort of things. And we have been working on a science uh, database and have been consistent so far over 10 years of being able to state what you were going to witness in these high-profile rituals. Uh, it's been it's been mind-boggling and you know, mind-blowing if we get into Madonna and talk about her Super Bowl ritual, but we'll get to that. We actually are focused on a magical order known as the Ordo Templi Orientis, and really the magical practices of a an order known as the Typhonian order which is an order related to the abyss and the beast. And it, it always goes back to this dark magic. So when we, uh, when we looked to see what we were going to predict, what we, and I say we because my wife Jamie is involved in all of this, and you'll be having her on the show here. She's soon. with us next week, yes. All right. Um, so we were able to say, okay, look, this is the magic that's being practiced. We're looking inside of the OTO, sexual magical rituals, and then we look into their symbolism and what it is that they would want to depict. And when you start to study even, uh, you know, rocket propuls propulsion systems, you are going to end up in the occult. So Jack Parsons uh, of Jet Propulsion's Laboratories plays a role in this prediction, as does L. Ron Hubbard and Aleister Crowley. Wow. So as we looked and the researched... Their, their uh, concept of the whore of Babylon, what they call the whore of abominations and the whore of Babylon, this is their lead goddess inside of this magical order. And you will see this scarlet woman 
represented all the time. You will find her on the Beatles albums. You will find her on the Rolling Stones albums. You will find her depicted in Hollywood and things like Battlestar Galactica. Uh, even uh, The Matrix made note of the woman in the red dress. Isn't this she is also, uh, excuse me, Freeman, but isn't sure. she also uh, the sort of uh, riding, she's on a bull, and she that's the symbol of the European Union, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Is that is that the same, the, the Whore of Babylon? That does go back to Inanna and Ishtar, uh, which is related to this goddess uh, when she's stated on a, on a bull or a lion. But uh, this is not exactly that. Okay. No. All right. So the the, the tiger uh, that that uh, that Katy Perry rode in on during yeah, the halftime show. Yeah, the tiger, right? Because she was singing about the tiger. Sure. But. When, and you can go listen to our prediction. We read the vision of Alistair, of, of, uh, L. Ron Hubbard with Jack Carson and their vision of the whore Babylon as they saw her coming in on a cat-like beast holding the reins. And in the vision, she would be holding a grail and, and the grail would be encompassed in flame. But instead, Katie became the grail. And her costume was the flame, and she was riding astride the beast, holding the reins, exactly as described in the vision of the Whore of Babylon. Now, this is a, a magical reference to an archetypal force that this group focuses on. You know, the, the whole heart of the lima, of the magical practices of the OTO, go to this scarlet woman. And so you would see that she was actually on a lion, and then we we added an additional uh, fact to the prediction, saying that we would she would also be represented with diamonds, because within the trauma-based mind control system, diamonds represent a presidential model mind control slave. So we said that it would be a cat-like beast with diamonds. So we even called it to that specific, and Remarkable. it is there on the website for everyone to see. Freeman Fly is uh, with us as we discuss the occult, and uh, we've linked up to Freeman's uh, website. You just uh, go to richardserra.com and click on uh, Freeman's name there, and it'll take you to Freeman TV, freemantv.com, uh, and we'll uh, continue to talk about these high-profile rituals, uh, the Super Bowl, uh, the, well, the Grammys, for example. Uh, the uh, the Illuminati's fingerprints in politics and art and music. All of that and much more. Aliens from hell, time permitting as well, with Freeman Fly right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And uh, we've also started a hashtag, if you want to tweet us, it's uh, hashtag TCS. That's uh, hashtag T as in the, C as in conspiracy, S as in show, hashtag TCS. Freeman Fly is with us as we discuss uh, the occult and high-profile rituals. We were uh, talking about Carrie per uh, Perry's performance at uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, now, the... Uh, 57th uh, Grammys. Uh, I mean, this one was just right in your face, obviously. Madonna uh, and her song, Living for Love. She was wearing, of course, devil horns and um, uh, Illuminati uh, Baphomet masks. Uh, I mean, it's pretty overt now, isn't it? What is that? They're not even trying to hide it. What's the idea? That things are ramping up to the point where they're basically just getting right in our grill with this stuff? What's going on, Freeman? Yes, definitely. Uh, we refer to that as a uh, revelation of the method. And we believe that, yes, they are trying to uh, lay this whole program out for everyone and, and get those involved that want to be involved. Uh, the OTO has even <laughs> got Google ads on my website now that I'm talking about them so much. Uh, but they started with an infiltration, putting Alistair Crowley books in every uh, every single store out there you could get these magical works and it started to fill the lodges with these people that were, were practicing you know starting to learn this form of magic uh, to the point then that they started to couple this into the music industry and like lady gaga in her rolling stone interview said that she had witnessed a a dream actually of a illuminati ritual where she had some girl laid down she was slicing her wrist and pouring honey on the wounds 
And in the Rolling Stone article, the, her mother states, oh, well, that's an Illuminati ritual. And I'm like, well, how does she know this? And why are they talking about this on Rolling Stone? You know, this is the level that it's come. Of course, Lady Gaga doing blood rituals, sacrifices on a under a, a burning angel on American Idol, you know, primetime television, and we're witnessing blood sacrifices on television. Uh- now, how does this happen to people like, uh, let's say, you know, Katy Perry, who seems, uh, at least on the surface, uh, to be a, a wonderfully talented uh, young woman, um, you know, wholesome even. Uh, I've seen her on talk shows when she seems very, you know, uh, proper and, and, and seems to have, uh, you know, kind of a positive message. How does this happen to people like her and, and, and Beyonce and, and, uh, and, and others? Are they, are they mind-controlled? Well, as you look into the roots in each of these situations, you will find consistent patterns. We've also outlined uh, signs of mind control, and, and we've aligned them with imagery. You could find just tons of images to associate with the mind control symbolism with each of these celebrities. But you need to look into their past and then who has also raised them and, and look for handlers. And when we look to Katy Perry's case, it's very much like an Aleister Crowley situation where she was a, a very good Christian, Beyonce would say the same thing as well, that her, her whole dedication was to nothing but God. And Katy Perry wanted to be a gospel singer like Amy Grant. But then as all of them openly state, they sell their soul to the devil. Now, they openly admit that. Now, I'm personally not a fundamental Christian, so I'm looking at this without... Uh, a stated black and white imagery of, you know, selling your soul to the devil and what they mean by this, right? Um, because I look at the occult, this puncture becomes much more of a tapestry and it doesn't simply become black and white. So K- Katy Perry, once you're, they actually, the, the Hunger Games did a really good job of showing this situation to you that once you're pulled into this game, they they hold you. They they separate you from your friends and your family. You will see this with like Beyonce and her group. Uh, they they separated her out so that the the friends couldn't be around there as a nurturing uh, social aspect. They need to separate them. And then they utilize these icons over and over again uh, to institute social engineering campaigns. Katy Perry constantly seen in Barack Obama garb, uh, constantly promoting this. Um, but then what we mostly see out of these icons is the ritual aspects of the Tour of Babylon. And, you know, Miley Cyrus did the same thing as she stuck out her tongue. That was actually a representation of Kali, which is also another form of the same scarlet woman. They would say she is Kali. Uh, so, and then Madonna, we saw the same situation. Now, Madonna is an interesting case. Because she is one that's a willing participant inside of a Kabbalistic practice. She goes off into cemeteries uh, with rabbis and performs these rituals in the, you know, full. She openly admitted that her Super Bowl ritual was a 20 or 33 minute sermon when she came out. And then she displayed what this magical practice considers the mark of the beast over and over again on stage so many times that you, you could barely count them. Now, what happens to um, uh, performers, artists, who try to uh, break free? What I'm wondering about is, let's say someone, for example, like a Britney Spears. Uh, I'm wondering if her, you know, much, not celebrated, but uh, certainly we, you know, it was highly scrutinized. Her breakdown in front of, you know, uh, millions of people that was scrutinized by the media. Uh, or someone like a Justin Bieber. Uh, are these, and we're speculating here, obviously, but do you surmise that perhaps these are individuals who wanted to break out of this, uh, whether they were controlled by the Ordo Templi Orientis or not, uh, and, and because they tried to break free, they were, I don't know, somehow discredited or uh, made to look bad, because obviously they fell out of favor. Certainly Britney Spears uh, did and, and uh, is starting to come back a little bit now. But what is your take on artists who try to break free? Is it possible? Uh, I, did, I did do a deep, in-depth study of Anna Nicole, Britney, and Mind Control. It was my second DVD and, and really put this whole concept out there into the public eye because we could witness these situations as they unfolded live on television. Um 
So with the situation of Britney Spears, you again start to research her past and you start to look into her situation and you find that she's consistent with a, a programmed multiple. She has many personalities. Now, this is a common trait that we're seeing in these icons that uh, are consistent. Beyonce has Beyonce or Sasha Fierce. Uh, Nicki Minaj has Roman Zelansky and, and so on, even Eminem, you know, and his Slim Shady. So Britney actually had a, a number of uh, multiple identities, and one was so satanic that it frightened her bodyguard. He, he came out on Montel and was saying how frightened he was by Britney and her satanic practice. Now, what happened with Britney is uh, when you start to look into these ritual aspects, they use blonde-haired goddesses as their ritual incarnations. The goddesses are used, or they, they, these women are used to incarnate entities, or what they call demons, into the soul. And they prefer the blonde-haired blue eyes. So when Brittany went into Esther's hair salon, and there's a whole connection to Esther in this magical practice, she shaved her head bald and said that she did not want them touching her anymore. They didn't. She didn't want them using her anymore. And this was a defiant to being this uh, high priestess and the goddess because she had, you know, shaved off her blonde hair. Now, one note was that when she shaved her head, her hair was actually brown. So this was maybe the first defiance to say, okay, I'm not your blonde goddess. And when that maybe didn't pan out, she shaved her head. Now, uh, then she was brought to an institution, and uh, I believe it might have been, no, Promises Clinic. She was brought into Crossroads, which has the deal with the devil, with uh, Robert Johnson. And that, uh, these institutions seem to be involved in the reprogramming of these people. She checks herself into Promises Clinic, and next thing you know, she's running around screaming she's the Antichrist. She scrawls 666 on her forehead and then attempts to hang herself. Now, does this seem like a normal situation here? Oh, this is absolutely tragic. It's horrible. And I can go on and on with numerous different celebrities in this type of relationship. Well, and, what about, uh, what about uh, uh, young Justin Bieber, who is just totally self-destructed? Yes, this poor guy. Uh, you know, when we look at his situation, we see that the current uh, programming, we're always looking into what the social engineers are after. And, and when you're looking to this, you're really looking at Satanists. And, and you got to understand the true properties of what makes a Satanist. It's not just devil worship. It's something, it's a belief system that really is in power. And uh, so pedophilia is, is at the height of the Satanist agenda at this time. And so Justin Bieber has been utilized in this way. Okay, we have, to be, very, we, have to, we have to be careful about this now. This is these are uh, allegations uh, that. Well, that, I was going to give an example. Okay. Of how this uh, social engineering would work. So at at the uh, music awards, I'm not sure which one. Justin Bieber was. Well, Kim Kardashian was left standing on camera in front of Justin Bieber's dressing room, saying, "I can't wait to get this little boy." Now he was only 15, maybe at this time. So they were openly pr promoting. I kept thinking as I was watching this, what if that was Willow Smith in that room and Kanye West standing outside the door saying, I can't wait to make it with this little girl. But it was okay because it was a 15-year-old boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so totally inappropriate. Example. Yeah, totally inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, so he has been really victimized, and and I don't know about the other, the you know the that's a that's an alleg serious allegation, and I don't know about that, and and I, I you know it's we well we keep very going careful. deeper and deeper. We have Corey Feldman coming out completely about the the pedophilic uh, agenda that he had to deal with while rising up in Hollywood. He's now written choreography, and then we have uh, Chuck Barrett, our lovely host of the Gong Show and right. the Dating Game, coming forward and and, and well almost admitting that he was a, a contract killer for the CIA while taking the contestants on their surprise vacation. I remember that, yes. I remember when, so yeah, he wrote a book about situation. it. Yeah. So, um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is the, the, uh, the flashing of signs. Um, and we see this on, on TV and on the Grammys, and we see pictures all over the, uh, the Internet of, you know, supposed... Uh, you know, the devil horns and so forth. And to me, that's a little tricky because, you know, you got a, a very fast, you know, shutter speed and you can, someone's moving their hands and their fingers. You can make someone, 
you can capture that one nanosecond of an instant where they look to be flashing the devil horns, and they're not necessarily. Uh, but what's behind the, the, the constant, the, the appearance of this constant flashing of these, uh, these devil horns, and maybe there are some other hand signals that you could let us in on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, you can just capture somebody in a weird hand position, and I think people do read into a lot of the what you should look for are the definitive hand signs that people are purposely making in magazine covers and different situations that they they intend this in. So, uh, like the secret hand, the the Napoleon hand into the shirt, that's a, a Masonic Templar symbolism that uh, you would use to say that you're in the secret hand. Um, there's uh, the what people are calling the 666 symbolism or the OK sign that people have been holding in front of their head. Now, this is an ancient symbol of the goddess going back to the, the Vesica Pythia uh, that actually means you're in the womb. And so a lot of the hand signs and gestures that people are seeing are not exactly what they think they are because people don't tend to study magic as, as a practice. And I have, you know, a whole section here just to do that very thing. So when you see people putting the triangle in front of their eye and people say, oh, it's the eye of the Illuminati, when you look into magical practice, this is actually the uh, triangle of manifestation and is actually used during a ritual to incarnate a demon or an entity into another person, another body, a recipient. Uh, so that's what that eye in the triangle symbol actually is within magical practices. Uh, you mentioned the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientis. Now, are they similar to the Masons, the Freemasons? I mean, they're, for, they're a fraternal organization, but what is the relationship with the Masons? Okay, well, many Masons will be members of the OTO, but they will not admit it inside of a Masonic lodge. If they're inside the OTO lodge, they'll openly admit their Freemasonic connection. Um, now, the OTO is an outer body. It, it is uh, reputed to be descended of the Bavarian Illuminati and, and tracing its roots all the way back to the Knights Templar. And the practices within the OTO are actually sex magic rituals, uh, sometimes coupled with trauma-based mind control. When you look into uh, many of the practices that Crowley did in his early practices and traumatizing the people that he was putting through the ritual, even to the point of branding them with the mark of the beast for a scarlet woman. They would often get branded. And then very sick, perverted rituals uh, that require feces and sex and, and anal rape. And these are, are the deeper inner mysteries of the OTO. So uh, many Freemasons will be members because they follow... You know, once you get into that path, like you go into Freemasonry, you start to learn that there's an occult faction inside of the world, and you realize that America would not have been created without the use of these occult practices. That's why there's pentagrams in the street plans of Washington, D.C. I mean, LaFont and Washington weren't goofing around when they did this. Uh, it took a lot of effort. And so all the signs and symbols that you see around you, even the goddess Columbia, our district of Columbia, is the internal goddess of this uh, magical order. And so the traits within the magical order will raise you into the, the... You can go many different levels. There are numerous, numerous factions within these secret societies. Right, and that, that's what we are talking about here, our secret societies. These are not you know, necessarily mainstream uh, masons uh, we're talking about here. We were talking about, you know, most organizations, uh, when you get to a certain level, uh, you know, they may have some uh, rituals uh, uh, and some, you know, secret uh, practices and so forth. So, uh, you know, not to, to malign, uh, I, I would gather that 99% of, uh, you know, Freemasons know nothing about this. They're uh, out there right. raising money for burn units and hospitals and doing good work and, and, and so forth. Now, um, is it your um, supposition, um, Freeman, that it's not possible to rise to the top, let's say, for example, in the, the music industry, as, uh, as an example, and we're coming up on a break here, we'll talk about this after, but is it not possible uh, to, to rise to the top unless you become essentially a part of this OTO or become a Satanist? We'll get into that when we uh, continue our conversation with Freeman Fly right here on The Conspiracy Show as we discuss the occult. Don't go away. 
You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Freeman Fly is uh, with us as we discuss the uh, occult. Uh, so my question before the break, Freeman, is it possible, and I'll just uh, let you know this is a fairly short uh, break, and uh, or a, f- a fairly short segment, and then we'll uh, we'll come back again after the uh, the next break. But is it possible to succeed in the music in- industry, to become a major recording artist, if you don't um, if you don't become essentially a Satanist, there are layers to this, and some, it, by the time you're at the top, you're really within a satanic belief system, whether you are an official member or not. You're you're pretty much conditioned into it. Um, but when you when you look at it at the historical aspects of it, it's consistent. As you watch who rises to the top, so Sammy Davis Jr. back in the day, he's a Satanist. Uh, as you start coming up, you got uh, Led Zeppelin, members of the OTO. Uh, Jimmy Page even lived in Crowley's house on the Loch Ness. Uh, you look to David Bowie, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and consistently on up through Tool, and uh, uh, you you will see the aspects of this in, in music like Katy Perry's E.T., where she wants to make a supernatural baby, be abducted by an alien, and create... So this the supernatural ET connection is is also very strong within all of this storyline. It, it it plays a, a heavy role in this. So you can see consistently who rises to the top are uh, followers of this this message. Well, you mentioned uh, um, alien abductions, and I was just uh, trying to to um, to look up here very quickly. Uh, the uh, the author of a book. About um, uh, UFOs and, and um, UFOs or, or rock stars that b- believed that they had been abducted by aliens, and, and uh, the gentleman just passed away. I had him on my show uh, several months ago. Union uh, Rock by Michael Luckman. That's the that's the gentleman. Yes, um, Michael, right here. Michael Luckman just passed away, uh, um. sadly. Uh, but um, I mean, there are a number of uh, prominent um, musicians. You know, John Lennon talked about. Uh, having uh, several close encounters, once when he was living at the Dakota, another one when he was in Greenwich Village living with May Pang. Uh, there was um, uh, Ace Frehley, of course, of Kiss, uh, Sammy Hagar, uh, um, I-, I believe Jerry Garcia, although, you know, when we're talking about the Grateful Dead and, of course, many of the substances that Mr. Garcia was ingesting, it's kind of hard to separate, you know, fact from fiction uh, or uh, a, 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 a a um, hallucinogenic episode or the real deal. What is the connection, do you think, between these alien abduction stories and, and uh, some prominent rock stars? Yeah, we've, we've been looking heavily into that because, as you, you know, it's, it's consistent there as well. And uh, even I have my own alien abduction stories. So uh, it, it's... It's one that once we started to look deeper into the magical practices, and we started to get into what's called the hidden God within this situation, we found that the whole situation was a matter of channeling extra-dimensional or extraterrestrial beings utilizing ritual magic. And so many of these people that we mentioned were also practitioners of this ritual magic, and we're finding that there is a, a, a real correlation that... Even when you look back to Aleister Crowley, when he was channeling an entity known as Lom, this was in the early 30s that he was a gray. Uh, and no one had had a depiction of a gray yet, but Lom of Crowley, who he channeled, uh, was. And this story keeps coming through the, the puzzle over and over again, that the elite are meeting in, in secret barns and channeling what they call the Nine, which are believed to be the Ennead, the nine gods of ancient Egypt, which also relate into this whole OTO situation. Uh, we, we just keep finding this a consistent theme. I, I, I really want the answer to that question. And, and, you know, it could go as strange as, you know, this is one of the best ways to manipulate mankind. Well, um, you know, I, um, I sort of share that view of the, the whole UFO ET 
uh, phenomenon. Uh, that is, that we are not talking about intergalactic civilizations traveling to this planet. We're in fact talking about interdimensionals. And uh, uh, you know, as someone uh, who you know, a Bible-believing uh, Christian, I believe in the unseen world. I believe in these other dimensions. Uh, and uh, I think that's where that's where they're coming from. Uh, they could be angelic or they could be demonic. So, is that what's happening here? That these abductions are about the invocation of these demonic entities uh, as a means of controlling certain individuals. That's what the abduction phenomena is all about. Well, this this gets even stranger into our technological realms because most of the time, like when we look to the Nazis and their ritual magic as they were channeling these entities, which they believed were inner earth beings, yes, uh, they were they were developing technology like the Bell Project that seemed to be able to open portals into the other dimension. So now we're moving into this new age. CERN will be moving to twice its maximum power in March. And when they launched uh, CERN to world record levels, that was the day Barack Obama showed up at Norway to get his Nobel Peace Prize, and the uh, Norway spiral opened in the sky. Those strange lights, all yes. These questions. Interesting, yeah. I remember okay, that. So I've done a deep research into that technology and have been really looking, because when you start to look into the occult, you find that it is at the heart of our technology. The television came to us through the Golden Dawn Society, another magical order that uh, was also Crowley, was a, was a lead member, and but he moved on to the OTO. But the Golden Dawn gave us the Crooks tube, which became the cathode ray tube. And the first television broadcast was actually a, a Maltese cross that they attempted to send to the other side and receive a transmission back. And now, now, and now, Freeman, now our TVs, uh, Samsung, uh, this television, it's listening in on our conversation. Remember when that was sort of uh, uh, the sign of someone was, you know, considered a tinfoil hat wearing paranoid when they started talking about their TV was watching them? Well, now it's all coming true. Our TVs are yeah. watching us, and they're recording our voices and sending it to third parties. We have no knowledge of where that information is going. Absolutely. I mean, when you sign into Skype for the first time, the instant message you receive is a quote from 1984 of Winston discussing whether Big Brother is real. So anyone that signs into Skype for the first time or you go to your original message, you'll see that they're sending you this message loud and clear. Uh, we have Google out buying uh, uh, artificial intelligence, quantum computers, and the Boston Dynamics uh, military robots, right? So... Google's working on becoming Skynet while they have a Calico system, their medical division, that is being used to uh, create a massive DNA database. And now, here we are on a, on a Google Hangout. I guess we've sort of uh, surrendered and at least to some extent become part of the Borg. <laughs> Freeman, listen, stay with us. We're using their technology against them now, though. That's the big thing. We'll be back uh, as we discuss the occult with Freeman Fly right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And uh, we are here with Freeman Fly, and I'm just going to uh, check the, uh, the uh, hashtag TCS uh, to see whether people are responding to that. And uh, let's see. Uh, oh, someone here is JS, uh, at Jen Schmidt one using the hashtag TCS uh, Freeman, uh, talking about Phoenix, Arizona. Also, Phoenix, Arizona, and Date all have symbolism. Uh, I read recently, uh, or heard recently, maybe it was one of the guests on the program, talking about Phoenix. Uh, Is it likewise set out as a Masonic symbol? What is the connection between Phoenix and and Freemasonry? Phoenix, Arizona, that is. Absolutely. You know, I can almost open every Freemasonic book I have here, and you will see a a phoenix within it and the rising of this uh, bird from the ashes. But uh, what I found really curious, and we hadn't noticed this before, Manly P. Hall is one of the main authorities on Freemasonry, and he wrote a book called Secret Teachings of All Ages. And we were opening that during the Super Bowl ritual and and realized that all aspects were, were represented in this Rosicrucian alchemical working to the point that it had the phoenix, the lion, the goddess, and then a, a horned being, uh, actually like a, a stag, um, and all of these uh, symbols were represented in this magical practice of the Rosicrucians, which is yet another magical order in this situation. 
and of course the Super Bowl taking right place uh, taking place right there in in Phoenix. Uh, is there something about uh, I was trying to remember the degrees, latitude, and longitude where where Phoenix is is situated uh, that is also I think significant. Thirty third of the thirty fourth. The thirty third uh, degree. Latitude. Ah. Um, I was trying to remember uh, the uh, the book, and you mentioned Michael Luckman, who just passed, and that was Alien Rock, the Rock and Roll Extraterrestrial Connection. And as we were discussing that, you mentioned that you also had an abduction experience. Can you share that with me? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a strange one, and I've had a few. See, now uh, my life is, is as unusual. So my father was a worshipful master in Freemasonry and was uh, on killer submarine with Jimmy Carter. He was chasing flying saucers in Project Blue Book, and by the time I was born, he was building nukes. So, um, wow, my dad that's quite a lineage. <laughs> yeah. And then my mother was raised by a renowned witch in France. She was saved by the Nazis from the Catholics and raised by a witch and brought up through the Eastern Star and was uh, Esther within the Eastern Star. So this was my family that I didn't know any of this story at, uh, uh, at all, um, but... At 10, year, 10 years old, I drew an image that seems to outline galactic history, and it, it's blown my mind and, and it has led my research for quite some time. You can see it on my website uh, to, to see further. Just go to the Freeman Perspective uh, television show. So, uh, but, so the, what, what occurred is in 1993, yeah, I was at Daytona Beach after graduating college, and it was spring break. And me and a friend went down to the beach. We sat down there, and this massive rectangle just seemed to be hanging out over the ocean. And it looked like a big rectangle with four subdivided squares. I've never seen anything like it. It kind of looked like a window into the other dimension. It was red and seemed translucent, although it had a a strict ridge border. And my friend and I sat there staring at it for about 10 minutes with our jaws dropped and our fingers pointed. And I don't remember it leaving, but I remember watching my finger follow as it disappeared. Now, we jumped off that lifeguard stand and went back to the spring breakers where there were thousands of people and everyone was gone. And we're we're freaking out. You know, we're thinking we're in some Twilight Zone episode. We're the only ones left on the planet. Everyone else is gone. Uh, It turned out that five hours had passed. It was now the middle of the night and everyone had gone home. Uh, But it was 10 p.m. to us. That's just and, uh, textbook stuff, right? That 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 time gap, textbook. Yeah. So. And then I have another tale of uh, seeing the, a giant V-shaped craft like what they saw in Phoenix, and uh, then meeting the high priest of the Church of Satan right after that event. That was kind of a, a wild day. Now, did you recapture these memories through a regression or uh, any of that lost time? Did you learn what transpired during that last lost five hours? I have not. I really did want to. And it really has been from that moment on that I've been able to project into the future and was able to predict that W would be forced into office, that there would be a major terrorist attack on 9-11, and that uh, the next president would not be considered an American. And I have this all documented, and was uh, I was correct in every instance from this, and I, I kind of got the feeling that maybe I'd been shown um, a plan or, you know, I don't know. I would love to know. I would love to, to travel back and try and find out. Uh, there's an interesting uh, section on freemantv.com regarding the clones of Michael Jackson. Now, according to this theory, Michael Jackson was seeking immortality uh, and perhaps was cloned. What can you tell me about that? Now, we've got about seven, eight minutes here. So, Okay. Well, this is a, a main agenda that has been really overshadowed by ludic- uh, just people trying to make it ludicrous. So when uh, human cloning became before Congress, they had Ra L in his puffy white spacesuit speaking on behalf of, of human cloning. So, of course, everybody laughed it off. Uri Geller was a psychic, an Israeli psychic that they used. To, he was a, the key bender. He was used in these rituals that I was discussing when they would channel the nine. And Uri Geller got together with Michael Jackson, and they began running around looking for immortality. Now, the first thing they thought was this mind transfer technology. And really, at this moment, uh, CERN has the only computer capable of mind transfer technology. I'm not saying they're using it for that, but it's capable of it. You need to be able to push exabytes of information, which is tons and tons of information, uh, to be able to transfer a mind. 
but so they looked into this first, and, and the roboticist is on film admitting that he had built this robot for Michael Jackson's skull. But I guess Michael decided he couldn't do his moonwalk in that robot and began looking deeper. So he and uh, Uri Geller went and met with Ra'el. Now, Ra'el is an interesting character. He's a French journalist who met Yahweh in a flying saucer in the French Pyrenees and then claimed to be the ambassador of the Elohim and is commissioned to build a embassy in Israel for the Elohim's return. Oh, this is the, uh, the Raelians, the Raelians. Huh. This is the Raelians, correct? The Raelians, yes. Right. So, um, but Michael Jackson, um, the idea here again was that he was going to sort of re the attempt, and, and others are, are, you know, the whole, the the human, um, uh, you know, transcend, transcendent movement. Uh, transhumanist. Transhumanists, thank you, uh, are attempting to, you know, to find a way to, to you know, are seeking immortality, Ray Kurzweil and others. Uh, in fact, there was a movie made about it, Transcendence, with, with Johnny Depp. Was that the idea, that they were going to take Michael Jackson's consciousness and re-sleeve it in some sort of a robot? Now, did I mention that Madonna has her own DNA cleanup crew? She <laughs> no. She to go around and clean up her remnant DNA. That's Why? That's open news. You can go Google it for yourself. Uh, so they know something. I'll tell you that. They know something right off. But look at Michael Jackson's children. His children are transhumanist children. His uh, blanket, nobody even knows who the parents are of blanket because the mother that gave birth to it wasn't the, 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 the egg, and the father is unknown. And his children are blonde-haired and blue-eyed, right? So Michael Jackson's kids are already this uh, genetic experiment of, uh, of designer babies. Wait a minute. I, I, I've seen pictures of them. They don't look blonde-haired and blue-eyed to me. Oh, they absolutely are, especially Blanket. Uh, when, when Michael Jackson went to buy King Tut's replica of King Tut's golden sarcophagus right. that he said that he was going to live forever, uh, he, uh, he has his children with them there, and, and they are blonde-haired, blue-eyed, especially if you, uh, his daughter, who's now coming out about all the Illuminati programming that she had to deal with, uh, she she's got piercing blue eyes, so uh, none yeah, the of his blue eyes okay. are his children. They were all through surrogate mothers, right? And through uh, through genetic manipulation. So, do you think that there are some Michael Jackson clones out there already? Well, there is a dentist attempting to clone John Lennon. He has his tooth. He bought it in an auction, and he plans on cloning John Lennon. Yes. Uh, Michael Jackson would have been cloned. If he could have done it, he would have. I have some theories that perhaps even time travel might be playing an instance in this situation. Uh, there was an unusual bust of Michael Jackson found from the period of Akhenaten, uh, that is the 18th dynasty of ancient Egypt. Um, it's identical to Michael Jackson. It is, it is, so I've wondered, because I've interviewed uh, the head of the Time Travel Institute, and he told me this was, was a legitimate problem. And when Michael Jackson went out, when he, was, uh, when he died, he was in debt to this Saudi Arabian prince. And uh, this is the one place that the time travel experts say that they cannot control. Uh, I don't know. You know that does sound very bizarre. There. Is it not possible that that uh, Michael Jackson saw this bust uh, and decided that he wanted to look like this bust? No one noticed this bust until a month after Michael Jackson died. It ah. had supposedly been in the Chicago Museum all this time, but no one had ever noticed. Fascinating. So, what is but the? Are you aware of my theories on Barack Obama? And do we have time to get into that? Uh, we don't, unfortunately. Um, we'll have to have you back on another program to talk about that. Um, we've just got about two and a half minutes here. What are you working on uh, on next? Uh, is there another documentary in the works? I mean, you've produced hundreds of hours of documentaries. I have, I have produced a lot. I have seven DVDs, two books, and a flash drive that uh, uh, are just jam-packed with information, each one hours and hours. Uh, I have a website filled with 10 years of, of backlog. But, yeah, I'm working on the Free Your Mind conference, getting ready for Free Your Mind 3, uh, getting deeper and deeper into the occult and trying to express to people what the, the true purpose and methods of magic are. That's coming up in Philadelphia, correct? Yes, April 10th, 11th, and 12th in Philadelphia. 
So they exactly. were, see, we're, we're like-minded, Freeman. You've got uh, Free Your Mind, and I've got Follow the Truth, uh, both coming up in April. And so, uh, so I mean, in the, uh, in the one minute here that we've got, uh, just leave us with some positive news. I mean, how do we fight... How do we fight, uh, you know, this this programmed reality, this prison planet that we're living in? We are battling in a consciousness prison, and so it's subatomic. And realize that minimal effort will make maximum output. And so we are at a point where if we just start to change our mind about the situation that we're in, that we can literally change the planet. And this is what the occultists know and what these uh, dark sorcerers are using against us. That's why they use so much effort to program our minds to fill their dreams and to fulfill their new world order because we have the power to manifest. I have traveled this earth and wandered like uh, Kung Fu and have met nothing but generous, loving, good, caring people all over the place. I have wandered for a decade before I came out on the air. And uh, I'll tell you that the base core of humanity is, is loving, caring, generous beings that want nothing more than to be a part of this transition and to be a part of life. And if you open yourself to this situation by friendship and and finding beauty, you'll find that the universe actually opens up and works in your favor, and there is a higher power guiding your life if you can find your true soul's purpose. Do you believe that, that this is a consciousness-driven reality? In other words, it sounds like that's what you're saying, that we that, that consciousness creates matter, that, that we can... We can essentially visualize this this sort of alternative reality that you, that you're proposing here to get to break out of this prison planet. Is that how it works through consciousness? The ancient maxim, uh, the ancient magical axiom on that is the universe is mental, and that <laughs> is at the heart of everything that we are seeing and and all the actions that we're witnessing. And yeah, absolutely, uh, the universe is mental. Freeman, I appreciate your time tonight. Freeman Fly, it's, uh, the website is freemantv.com. Good meeting you. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a good time. All right, my thanks to Albert Vinzel and uh, Tim Spreen for production. I'm back next week with Dr. John Hall and uh, others. We'll talk about his brand new book, Guinea Pigs, Technologies of Control. You want to be here for that. And, of course, check out followthetruth.tv and get your tickets for the uh, the big conference coming up back next week brand new show hope you'll be along for that in the meantime don't be afraid there's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known what you hear in the dark speak in the light what I say in a whisper proclaim from the housetops move over Aphrodite I'm coming home good night <laughs>